We did it. Did we? Not yet, but we're about to. <laughs> we're about to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi. Hi. I, let's just dive in. I only have one thing to report, which is, you know how we have talked about Tremors, the movie, a couple of times? Uh-huh. It's been a while, and, but yes. And I think it's on our list of things to review Patreon. for the Patreon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. One of the leads from Tremors passed away last week or oh. a couple days ago. Um, the actor's name is uh... <laughs> Fred Ward. Fred Ward. How sad. Yeah. Huh. So anyway. Well, R.I.P. Fred Ward. Yeah. I thought I would mention it since we talked about it a couple of times. Hmm. And that's my only piece of news. <laughs> well, okay. I have a couple of recommendations. Okay. One is, I mentioned it on the other podcast, but I think it's so good, I want to recommend it here. Again, Russian Doll, season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Season one is stellar, big fan, visually, yeah. uh, mentally. <laughs> Emotionally. Emotionally, all of the old things. Factorily. Old factorily. <laughs> really good, and season two has not, to, I'm only halfway through, uh, but I, I won't even say the jury's out. I'm already, like, loving it, I'm already loving where it's going, very mysterious. I have a lot of theories. I don't know what's going on exactly, but could looking be bunnies. forward to it. Could be bunnies. <laughs> uh, um, okay. And the other thing is I watched a documentary called Perfect Bid. Okay. It's about the process. The price is right. Oh, fun. It's a lot of fun. It's I think it's like an hour and a half. It's an easy watch for sure. Okay. And the people who made it did it. It's on Netflix. People who made it did a great job. It's very, like, if you have Prices Right Nostalgia, they do a really great job of, like, mm. in between the interviews and stuff. And uh, just visually, a lot of, like, Prices Right style artwork and music. It's mm. very fun. And it's about the, um, I didn't know this was a thing, but there's a guy who basically, like, hacked the Prices Right. Not hacked, but, like. Figured out the Price is Right system. System, yeah. Yeah, and he just for decades, it seems like at least a decade, would watch the show and write down every prize. Wow. And every cost. And he just noticed trends. And he would go to the Price is Right as an audience member and like help, you know, when they ask for like. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Be, even what before, do you think? Like, ask yeah. your friends. Yeah. And they they're go like, higher, the higher. Audience is screaming. Yeah. yeah. He became like very well known. Like, Bob Barker would call him out multiple times over the decade and be like, oh, whatever his name is here. So, yeah. like, he was really – he really got it down and it just kind of tells his story. And uh, the guy who did it was very, like – he's interviewed throughout the whole thing. I mean, he's a little bit too eager to talk about it, in my opinion. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, he's proud of what he did and he should yeah. be. I mean, he didn't yeah. break any rules. No one is accusing him of breaking any rules. He was doing yeah. what they want. Price is the right contestants to do and be like yeah. super fans and really get into it. So, yeah, yeah. You know, there's times when he's a little bit like, oh, yeah, I did this and oh, yeah, I even talked to Holly. And yeah, it's like a little bit like, okay, like chill out. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I get it. Listen, he was very proud of what he did. But yeah, yeah, it was very entertaining. So, if you're looking for something to watch that's like a documentary that's a little lighter, mm-hmm. watch that. Oh, I should mention this too. You okay. remember the Way Down documentary on HBO? 
No. Oh, you haven't watched that yet? The I don't... Gwen Shamblin Church uh, weight loss documentary thing? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I highly recommend that. They okay. um, they released eight, it's, I think it's six episodes or something like that. Uh-huh. And then they released two more in 2022 just to like close out the, the story. Okay. It's great. It's really, really, the two last episodes are like, they're good. The first of the two last episodes is very good. The second okay. one, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but the the first six, oh, they're just, it's a crazy story. Huh. The, it's called The Way Down, Gwen Shamblin. You'll know the cover of it because her hair is out of control. <laughs> like, if people talk about Tammy Faye's, like, look being iconic. Yeah, yeah. Gwen Shamblin was like, oh, hell no. I'm going to take this. You know that the, the, like, higher to the hair, the closer to God? Yes. She was an inch away. Wow. It's something. So <laughs> highly recommend that, too. I, I just finished those last two episodes that came out, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a trip. Nice. <laughs> That's it. Well, shall we get into the book, then? I'm so ready. I, I've been saying this every week, but we're getting so effing close to the end of the book. I know. I ordered the next one and it came in, so I'm oh, ready wow. to go. Oof. Very excited. But you well, know what? I ordered it. I like to have all the books the same. Oh, and did you get the new, like, versions? Well, okay. So the first book I got, I got, like, the, I guess the newer covers. Oh, where yeah. it's, like, a wheel, the Wheel of Time yes. logo with, like, a color. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want the ones that say, based on the Amazon Hate Prime show. You know, like, I hate that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hate that being on a book. It, it drives me crazy. Yeah, and that's what you got. Well, I, I was very careful to not get, get that version of it. Uh-huh. And I didn't. But I got a hardcover version of oh. the book, which is kind of weird. I've never had a small book, like that's in the size cover. of a soft cover, huh. <laughs> paperback rather, in hardcover. So that's we'll see how that goes. I think uh, almost all of the books that I had were the hardcovers because I was reading them as they came out. So it was like the minute it came out, I had to have it. And they always release hardcover first. And you have the ones with the like original artwork on the front when you watched, read them too then probably. Yes, that's, that's correct. I wish I had known about those first because those are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, well, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, well, we are at chapter 50, which is called Traps. Hmm. And the sigil is a moon and stars, which means... That maniac land fear? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the chapter opens. We're with Rand still, and he's in Cold Rock's hold. And he's kind of just, like, the chapter starts out with him sort of just, like, spacing out and, like, looking around. And thinking it's a very reflective chapter. He's wishing that he could trust Moraine more and that she won't just, like, turn him over to the tower on a leash. Uh, but he thinks that if she he gives her an inch, she'll take a mile, basically. Mm-hmm. And he starts walking through the hold. And at first, we don't know where he's really going. And he's kind of just looking around at the Aiel tradespeople making things and children running around and laughing. Uh, and he sees a little girl with two braids with ribbons woven into them. And he's like, oh, Egwene must have like realized that it's a kid's fashion. So that's why she stopped wearing them. Like not realizing that it was a purposeful shaming. He is so clueless. Like he finally thinks he figured it out and he's still without a clue. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so he also sees the peddlers that have been along for the ride, uh, seeing Natale and Kail and Kadir, but Isendra is nowhere to be found. 
it seems Rand has a destination in mind. He's heading toward the roof of the Maidens, which is halfway up the canyon. Uh, and he's refused entrance, but uh, he kind of tells them what he wants and they bring some things out to him. And he starts looking them over and essentially they're like different pieces of jewelry. And he settles on a wide ivory bracelet carved with roses. And it's intended for Avienda as a thank you for teaching him. Uh, but he thinks it's appropriate because there's thorns among the roses. And he's like, yeah, that seems right. <laughs> and they refuse to take any payment for the bracelet and are are very, like, when they ask, say, when he says who it's for, they're very like, oh. And he's like, "Do is this wrong? Like, am I doing something that will dishonor her? And they're like, no, it won't dishonor her. And uh, Adeline, the maiden that he's speaking with, summons over a Gaishan who pours them some tea and she, you know, she sips it and says, remember, honor. And then uh, he does the same. And then she kisses him lightly on each cheek. And then he has to repeat this with every single maiden there, which is more than 70 of them. That's so bizarre and uncomfortable. <laughs> and he was like, the whole time, like, I don't know what this is, but I guess I got to keep doing it. <laughs> So by the time he's done, it's almost nightfall, and he heads back to Leanne's house where they've been staying, and he sees Avienda beating up a rug, or beating a rug, <laughs> but practically beating it up, uh, <laughs> like it talked dirty about her mom or something. You motherfucker. <laughs> he uh, walks up and gives her the bracelet and tells her, thank you for teaching him, and she, like, is looking at it and uh, she tells him that she's given other people jewelry, but she's never worn it before because as a maiden, the, you know, they make noise and that can be dangerous. And, uh, but she puts it on and looks at it and Rand thinks that she looks at it like it's a manacle. <laughs> and he's like, if you don't like it, I can, you know, take it back and give it back to them and exchange it for something nicer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he mentions the tea ceremony and she like closes her eyes and shudders and explains that the ceremony is because that the maidens think that Rand is trying to attract her attention. And the ceremony was them approving of her. Duh. And he's, Duh. Duh Rand. <laughs> and he's like, Oh no, I'll go tell them. I'll, I'll, I'll set them straight. And she's like, absolutely not that would dishonor me then and she's like it means nothing and she tells him to go away and she tells him he really knows nothing uh and then she apologizes for ruining his meal with her stank attitude <laughs> and then she's like leave go away goodbye and Rand is like, well, it, it sounds like at least she meant that apology, but she's still clearly mad because she is beating the rug with a lot of force. Mm -hmm. He heads inside Leanne's house and the wise ones are all chatting, but they're very like, oh, he's coming, he's coming. <laughs> and so they cut off their conversation when he walks in. And uh, he asks Amos if she had told Avienda to a apologize to him. And she's like, no, because a forced apology is not an apology. Which, amen, Amos, mm -hmm. that is very true. A hundred percent. And Rand is like, listen, I know that you've put Avienda to teach, supposedly to teach me, but I know she's spying on me for you. And Amos is like, you don't know as much as you think you know. And uh, Melaine says that at first they thought that, you know, he wouldn't see beyond a pretty woman teaching him, but they didn't uh, They didn't reckon with Avienda's tongue. Uh, so... Um, 
it's not going according to the original plan. <laughs> and he asks why they still plan to have her stay with him. You know, he's like, I know she's spying for me, so obviously I'm not going to reveal anything to her that I don't want revealed. And Amos is like, well, then why are you letting her remain? Like, if you refused, how could we force her on you? And he's like, well, at least this way I know who the spy is. And uh, he thinks to himself that he's grateful that uh, he knows who the spy is, because if he didn't, he would think that, like, Ruark, every comment he made was an attempt to, like, pry and get him to reveal things since he's married to Amos. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just glad that he hasn't confided more in Ruark, but then realizes how kind of sad that is, that essentially he has no one that he trusts enough to confide in. He's basically all alone in the world. Yeah. Uh, and Melaine kind of snaps at him and is telling him that all of this is because they want to preserve as many of the Aiel as possible, And she says that she will make him know the Aiel blood, even if I have to lay. And then she gets cut off by Amos. And Rand is like, what would she lay? Like, in order to make her blood know his blood for theirs. And he's like, thinking to himself, like, lay a trap? Uh, Chickens lay eggs. Uh, (laughs) But he still can't figure it out. Uh, And then Amos, like, sends him on his way, and he shocks the Gaishan who is attending to him by asking for hot water to wash himself with. And he's thinking to himself, like, well, Egwene and Moraine certainly haven't had to sit in a sweat tent to get clean, Uh, if only he knew. Ew. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he falls asleep, and he is dreaming and he's in the waterwood again and swimming in the cool waters and thinking about how nice that is and then elaine and min do giant cannonballs into the water next to him and they're smiling at him and he thinks that uh he's he can't swim toward one with going away from the other and he thinks well i can't love them both and then he's like wait a minute who said anything about love Mm. and then he hears a voice say, you do not know who you love. And he turns around and sees Avienda. And he's like, oh, come in. I'll, I'll teach you how to swim. <laughs> and just then he hears musical laughter. And he looks over and sees who else but Lanfear. Lanfear. I knew And it. she is fully naked and says, like, should I let you be unfaithful to me even in my dreams or even in your dreams? And Rand realizes that uh, the other three women have disappeared. And Lanefear dives into the water and basically wraps herself around him like an octopus and tells him that he can't escape her, uh, but he'll she'll make him enjoy this so he never forgets asleep or awake. And Rand is like, I know you, but he can't quite figure out who she is. And she says she ought to mark him. And then, like a goddamn vampire, she bites him on the neck so hard that she draws blood. And then Rand hears a man's voice say, Is this how you amuse yourself when I wonder where you've gone? Says a man's voice very contemptuously. And he says, Why should I hold to anything when you risk our plan this way? And... Did you ever watch the TV show The Magicians? Yes, uh, I never finished it, but I watched like the first few seasons. You know the first season with like the guy whose face you can't see? That's mm-hmm. kind of like what I picture because this guy is like oh, a yeah. blur. Uh, or like you know in cartoons when they try to 
make things like look angry and it's a bunch of like crisscrossing lines that move around and stuff yeah. like that. I felt, That's kind of what I pictured. I felt like that, like sort of like the, in like horror movies when there's like a, a presence and it's like tenderly smoky yeah. looking darkness. Yeah. Yes. And she, Lanfear, sneers at him and is like, you fear risk as much as Magadian. Uh, Magadian, you creep about like a spider herself. And all I could think was, you are like a rat jumping around a corner. <laughs> for looking food. for food. <laughs> uh, but he says that if he's risking so much to for this plan that he wants more out of it than pulling strings on a puppet. And uh, then Rand kind of wakes up and he feels the blood on his neck and realizes that uh, it's the spot where Lanfear had bitten him. Hmm. Uh, and he realizes that he is not alone in his room when he wakes up. He senses somebody else there. So he quickly grabs the one power and like channels all the lamps alight and then like wraps air around the person that he thinks must be Lanfear, but it turns out it's Avienda. And uh, he thinks that she's lucky he didn't just kill her by accident, <sighs> thinking that she was somebody dangerous. For real. And uh, she's nervous about a man channeling, but he's like, uh, I'm the dragon, get used to it. <laughs> and he asks her why she's there, and she says, the wise ones are taking turns watching over you from outside. They mean to continue watching you from... And then she like cuts herself off and realizes she said too much and goes all red. And Rand realizes the Wise Ones, a.k.a. Dreamwalkers, have been spying on him from the dream world. Mm. He's like, ugh, annoying. Uh, And she says that the Wise Ones sensed something dangerous tonight, and that's why she's there watching over him. And Rand suddenly senses a wrongness, and so he channels his little flame sword and runs out into the hallway. And at first he thinks he has come upon a couple who's like making out and is embarrassed. But then he realizes it's a drag car who is feeding on a Gaishan and she is dead. And then it sings at Rand to kind of like hypnotize him, which I forget. Did we know that they can do that? Yeah, we've heard about it, but we've never seen it before. Okay. Uh, But he's like, no bitch. And he kills it. And then he shoots another one with fire and tells Avienda to ring the alarm like Beyonce. And she runs <laughs> through the halls screaming, like, everyone get up, we're being attacked. And Rand goes outside and sees that the drag car had killed the wise one, whose name I can't remember if we were pronouncing Sienna or Shauna. Mm-hmm. But she's dead, so it doesn't matter now. Uh, I'm so uh, sad. I know. And then Rand rings a gong. And he hears Trolloc howls coming down the canyon, and he sees the peddlers come out of their wagons, and he's like, they're like, what's happening? And he hears a woman shouting angrily, uh, but uh, he is distracted and because there's another drag car flying in the sky, and he, like, duck hunts it out of the sky. <laughs> and Ruark and Matt come up beside him, and Ruark offers him a shufa. And it's unclear whether to, like, disguise him from attackers or to get him to, like, wear it while he's killing. Not Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But Rand is like, let them come. And he cackles madly and runs into the battle. And we get a POV shift to Matt. And uh, essentially, it's like the end of the battle now. And he's, like, pulling his spear out of a Trolloc's chest. And his internal monologue essentially boils down to, like, why do bad things always happen to me? (laughs) And... 
uh, he spots Maureen, who is now, like, tending to people's injuries, but she had been chucking fireballs around like Fire Mario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Matt is thinking, like, I should have just stayed in bed. It's cold. This all has nothing to do with me. It's all about Rand. Uh, and then a maiden comes up next to him and is like, hey, you fight well. Uh, are you, you know, or you fight well. And uh, this might not have, we might not have lived had Moraine not been here channeling fireballs. And Matt is like, no, there's not enough. This wasn't enough of an attack for that. Like, this was meant to be a distraction Mm -hmm. uh, while Rand was attacked by the drag car. And the woman is like, yeah, I think you're right. And asks if he's a battle leader in the wetlands. And he's like, uh, I read a book once. (laughs) And is thinking to himself, like, bloody bloody pieces of other men's bloody memories. And then he passes the peddler's wagons and doesn't see Kail or Kadir. Uh, but does see Isendra, and she's outside, just kind of like frowning, not looking at anything in particular. And Matt tries to, uh, you know, win her favor yet again, and is like, hey, it's okay, I got this, you're safe now. And uh, she, like, looks at him and just ices him out and heads inside the wagon without saying a word. And he's like, what is it going to take to impress her? Uh, instead, Matt, you should be thinking, she has said no, I should stop. <laughs> yeah, move on. Move on. So he's like, I'm I'm just going to go back to bed. Rand can deal with Trollocs and Dragcar. And he spots Rand and sees Avienda running up to him. And he's like, those two deserve each other. And he spots Moraine running up to Rand as well. And, you know, she says what Matt has realized and is like, hey, the attention, the attack was just to draw attention away from you, Rand, so that the drag car could attack you. Uh, and things are getting more dangerous. And he's like, no, duh. <laughs> and Moraine is annoyed with him and says, quote, prophecy is most dangerous when you try to make it happen. Did you not learn that in tear? The pattern weaves itself around you, but when you try to weave it, even you cannot hold it. Force the pattern too tight and pressure builds. It can explode wildly in every direction. Who can say how long before it settles to focus on you again or what will happen before it does? Mm. And Rand like sasses her and is like, what do you want? I'm tired. And she says that she just wants him to confide in her. And he says, you want me to confide in you, Maureen? All right. Your three oaths won't let you lie. Say plainly that whatever I tell you, you won't try to stop me, won't hinder me in any way. Say you won't try to use me for the tower's ends. Say it plain and straight so I know it's true. And she says, I will do nothing to hinder you fulfilling your destiny. I have devoted my life to that, but I will not promise to watch while you lay your head on a chopping block. Mm -hmm. And Rand is like, not good enough. And then Ruark comes up and is like, um, hey guys, I think the Trollocs were a diversion from the drag car, and Ruark, I'm going to need you to cancel your subscription to yesterday's news, because yeah. we have covered that already. <laughs> and he says that since the drag car failed, that likely they can expect Greymen next, what the Aiel call the soulless. Mm-hmm. And he says he wants spears around Rand all the time, and for some reason the Maidens have volunteered for that service. And Matt notices Avienda, like, hunching in on herself when he says that. And Rand is like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, And Matt is like, hey, 
why don't we bring the Shaido inside the hold? If it's so dangerous, like, it would be safer for us to have them in here. And Ruark is like, over my dead body, <laughs> number one. But number two, they left anyway. And he explains that Ankuladin is probably heading to meet Sivana, the sh- one of the Shaido wise ones, to influence her against Rand. Uh, and that's bad because apparently Savannah or Savannah lives for drama. Mm-hmm. So she is not, that is not going to be good. So Rand is like, we've got to go to Al-Qaerdal now. I cannot let Kuladin like get there ahead of me. I can't let him influence the other chiefs. And Ruark is like, he eventually agrees reluctantly. Um, and Rand is like, we leave at daybreak. And he says, somebody better tell the peddlers if they want to come along with us. And he asks Matt, are you coming along? And he's like, right behind you, Rand. And he's annoyed that he said that, uh, and that even more annoyed that it felt right to say that, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like the pull of Taverin pulling at each other. Uh, And he wishes he had gotten free like Perrin, and heads off to bed while hearing Rand chuckling behind him. And that's the end of the chapter. Wow. Wow, indeed. Wowie, wow, wow. <laughs> Next is Great. chapter 51, Revelations in Tanchico. And the little icon is the Sean Chan helmet. So we know mm. we're in for some Sean Chan business. <laughs> <laughs> There's the episode title. <laughs> um, so it's an Elaine chapter. And Elaine is sitting in the Chamber of Falling Blossoms, which I'll never stop loving. I just... I know. That's where I want to be. I mean, especially with what they're eating, but we'll get there in a second. So they're in the Chamber of Falling Blossoms, and they're eating. It's her, Aegean, Elaine's new bestie, and Uh Nynaeve. And they're having a cute little meal, and it's described as, like, sliced meats vegetables, uh, sliced peppers and mushrooms, and they're all in small bowls with dipping sauces, and they're using or struggling to use (laughs) what are called sursa, which are essentially like chopsticks, I'm guessing. Yeah. And it sounds like a very like Asian-inspired meal of like, you know, not... Stir-fry. Yeah. Is it stir-fry? That's kind of what I picture it as. Okay, I picture it as a very deconstructed stir-fry, though. Like, everything's separate. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I'm picturing, like, lots of little small bowls and, like, little dipping bowls and things. Maybe it's, like, fajitas meets (laughs) stir-fry. I was thinking about when you get, like, raw or, like, semi-raw food and it's, like, sliced and different little... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I'm I'm into it. Crudité? Is that what it's called? Well, I don't know. That's little vegetables. Okay, um, yeah, then let's do crudité. Okay. (laughs) And Aegeanin is annoyed that Rendra served them this because it's Damani food, and she says that their land is at war with Arad Arad Damon? Yes. I think I say Arad Damon. It doesn't, whatever. Yeah. Either one is fine. And Rendra tells them, well, I'm serving this tea because it's the new food trend. So, bon Mm -hmm. appetit. (laughs) <laughs> Get and, <with> it. <laughs> and Rendra is all about trends. She's all about trends. She's like, maybe next week it'll be a new trend and you'll have something yeah. else. But this is what you're going to eat because, hey. And we learn from their chatting that there have been riots in the streets as of late over a variety of things. Mm-hmm. And that the Children of the Light recently killed a bunch of the rioters. 
And then Rendra tells them, okay, I'm leaving, and uh, while it's in fashion to eat with the Sursa, there's some ordinary silverware over there on the tray. <laughs> so no one's here, and you do what you want. And yeah. when she shuts the door, all three women like are like, hallelujah. Right. <laughs> Toss the Sursa to the side and grab the ordinary, you know, forks and spoons and such. Are you good at using chopsticks? Um, I, I have my own way of using them where it works, but it's certainly not the correct way. Yeah, I can, like, do it after a fashion, but I'm definitely not great at it. Yeah, if it's rice, if it's not sticky Ugh. rice, no. No, 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 not a chance. Not even going to yeah. try it. Um, yeah. I enjoy Anything? it, but I, I can't. Davy's good at it. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, you know what the thing is? People tell me it's like holding a pencil. But it's I don't like even holding hold, a pencil. I don't even hold a pencil correctly. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. There's my my uh, my truth. Yeah. <laughs> So it's been a week. It's been one week. (laughs) Get out. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay, it's been a week since they met Jean in at this point. Yeah. And this is already her fourth visit. And as I mentioned, Elaine is a big fan of her. So she's, she's enjoying it. She admires her assertive and direct communication style. And she is starting to feel like this is a little much, though. She's a little clingy. Mm. And had there not been so many riots since Amathera's investiture, mm-hmm. maybe they'd actually be able to go out and do what they're supposed to do. But since there have been, they've been kind of held up in this <laughs> three plum court chamber of falling blossoms, eating yeah. <laughs> with uh, eating what Renger serves them with a Janin. Yeah. So Tom and Jewelyn, while promising to help them along this whole time, have just been coming up basically all beat up with seemingly no progress. And Elaine wondered, quote, Why did men always think it was right to keep you safer than they kept themselves? Why did mm-hmm. they think their injuries mattered less than yours? Mm-hmm. Very progressive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's not like a princess. Like, I, they should be out there you know, protecting me like Sansa. <laughs> yeah, she might look like Princess Peach, but she uses that frying pan pretty well. That's right. Hiya. Um, <laughs> acha. Acha. <laughs> For uh, listeners, Matt and I uh, have played a lot of Smash Brothers, and Matt is a big fan of both Daisy and Princess. Mm-hmm. And I got so frustrated because he is really good at beating me with that acha. Acha. Bigger fan of Daisy than uh, than Peach, but I like them both. Yeah. Um, so Nynaeve asks, you know, Jean and, and Elaine, what what should we discuss today? Because basically, so far, we find out Jean has asked every Aes Sedai question she could under the sun. <laughs> and um, she basically is like, I don't know what else you want to talk about. So Jean starts to approach the topic of the women that they're hunting. When they're interrupted by Bail Doman, mm. he barges in, and I was like, oh, it's going to go down. Ooh, yeah. And boy. It's about to go down. Mm-hmm. So, Isn't that Kesha? <laughs> is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so he announces, as he walks in, that oh, he, he's found it's them. It's Pitbull. It's Pitbull. Oh, God. No wonder <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> so he's like, I found them. And then he looks at their new buddy, Ajinin, and he's like, her. And Ajinin quickly darts to punch him in the stomach, but he manages to subdue her pretty 
quickly, surprisingly, mm-hmm. to everybody in the room. And before they know it, he has her on the ground with a boot on her shoulder. He's got one arm in his hand. And with her other arm, she goes to grab a knife from her belt. And instantaneously, without even realizing it, Elaine has channeled air around them both, freezing them in their spot. Yeah. And she and Nynaeve are, like, in shock over this whole encounter. Like, what the F? And they demand answers of him. Like, that's our friend. What are you doing? And he reveals, this is not your friend. She is Sean Chan, and she is the ship captain who held me captive. Ooh. And Elaine thinks, but I like her. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, are you sure? And he's like, absolutely. And Elaine demands that Ajinin let go of her knife, and she releases the air just around her hand so she could do so. And she begrudgingly obliges, drops the knife, and then, I mean, she what, is, what was she going to do? And right. um, Elaine releases her weaves totally from both of them after she, you know, gets the knife out of the way and says, you know, release her. Release her from your hands. Un- unhand her. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. And they're like, just do it. So he's like, all right, fine. So he lets her go. Ajinin calmly stands up. I imagine she just stands up and, like, brushes herself off really quickly. No yeah. expression. And she just stands there like nothing happened. <laughs> and Nynaeve hisses at her and grabs her braids and, like, flips them over her shoulder. And she starts to lecture Ajinin. And she's like, did you worm your way into our friendship on purpose because you want to mm-hmm. collar us like the Damani? Mm-hmm. And Jinin looks surprised, and Nynaeve is like, oh, yeah, I know all about your people. I know about mm. the Soldam, I know about the Damani, and you know what? I'm going to drop a truth bomb on you here. <laughs> the Soldam can channel, too. How do you like that? Eesh. And Jinin's like, I know. And Elaine is like, that is impossible, because I know how you, Sean Chan, view women who could channel. Like, you look at us like animals. So if you knew that, how would you allow those women to channel, who can channel, to be in any sort of power, basically? Right. And Ajina admits that they, she's probably the only one who knows this right now and that most people don't know it. But she found this out because she's been hunting some escaped Sultam and she was mm-hmm. able to call her one. And she realized, like, oh, okay. And then when she met them and they were chatting— she she learned more because she learned that women could be taught to channel. So she mm-hmm. guesses that the soldam are those women who could be taught to channel. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, may I sit? <laughs> and I was like, may I sit? <laughs> and in the words of Blanche Devereaux, <laughs> I am stunned. Just stunned. Stunned <laughs> is the only way to describe how stunned I am. <laughs> Um, so they're like, uh, sure. And, um, she and Damon have like a little back and forth where she's basically like, you're pretty tough, tougher than I thought. And he's like, you're not so bad yourself. And, uh, it's kind of calming down Uh for them at least. And Elaine is thinking to herself, I have to stop liking her, but I know she's an enemy, but you know, how do you stop liking somebody? Uh, well... The next quote is, Nynaeve seemed to have no such difficulty. (laughs) (laughs) And Nynaeve threatens that if she even thinks about collaring them, she's got another thing coming. She calls her an egg-eating snake. And she says Mm. that, you know, absolutely not, so don't even think about it. Like, we have you. We have the upper hand now. Yeah. And Adrienne says that it was never her intention to collar them. 
And uh, after meeting them, she they're not what she expected, and she actually likes them now. And, and Eve is like, that answer is none of my questions. She's like, great, you like us. Who cares, basically? <laughs> and I was kind of hoping this would happen. Like, a G- I didn't think this would all happen this way. But I was yeah. like, maybe Janin, through meeting them, will, like, change her ways. I mean, yeah. I don't know if she totally has, but I'm, I'm hoping that that's the direction we're going. Because I'm kind of yeah. like Elaine in this moment. I'm like, I kind of yeah. like her. Yeah, she's an interesting character. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm still on the fence with her, but I'm, I'm leaning that way. So... Then there's this whole moment where she pulls the the rom-com trope of, it may have started out as a trick, but then I got to know you and everything changed. I changed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, she says that the Soldam have escaped and, you know, she found Bethabin and she talks about that again. And um, Nynaeve kind of shivers at the thought of all of this. She's still not impressed with all of this. But she's thinking to herself, well... Or I guess Elaine. It's Elaine's chapter. So Elaine is thinking to herself that, well, if she released Bethamin, maybe there's hope. You know, she, she did call her, but she did release her. And yeah. then Nynaeve decides to move her attention to Daman. And she's like, let's get back to you because you said when you came in, you found them. So where are the Black Aja? And he says that he has sources that have told him that two of the Black Aja have been seen at the Panarch's palace. Oh. And he says, it's the one with the cats and the Saldian woman. Mm. And Nynaeve is like, well, that doesn't, are you sure? Are you sure your sources are correct? That could be, yeah. lots of people have cats. But he's like, no. And he goes on to describe them a little more in depth. And they're like, okay, that's got to be them. But the Paranox Palace is currently guarded by like a bajillion white cloaks. So that doesn't help them. It kind of makes it harder. Yeah. And then Jewy Lynn pops in the room and he's like, I, I've seen two Black Aja at the at the palace. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we know it. Speaking of yesterday's news. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then he and Damon have a pissing contest to see who found them first and who had the most proof. And Elaine is like, okay, you both found them. You both have some proof. Great, right. Thank you. Then Tom joins them. And he's like, uh, may I speak to you alone? And they're like, we already know. Panarch's palace. She's in yeah. on it. Get, get, get up to date. And he's, like, shocked. And then he says, I, I don't have any more information than that. And I also don't have any in, more information on Amathera. And if she is, you know, to be trusted, if she has any sort of despicable allegiances, I, I don't really know. Yeah. And he, again, is like, Are, should we really be saying all this in front of Lady Aegean? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, she's Shanchan. Um, so, quote, close your mouth before you swallow a mouth, Tom, and sit down. <laughs> Yeah. Egwene, I'm sorry, Nynaeve is just not having it. She's like, we got to get, we got to move on. Move past all the shock. Let's skip that part. So they all sit down and eat. And the men are very, like, disconcerted sitting there about everything that they've been speaking about in front of a genin and all the danger. And Nynaeve says that, well, what do you want me to do? Even if we wanted to imprison her, where? How? There's nowhere to go. We're not safe anywhere, and it's going to be very suspicious if we bring Rendra in on this. Right. And it's not like she has an army in her pouch. (laughs) And Elaine reasons that, okay, let's get back to the topic. If the Black Aja are in the palace with Amathera, she has to be aware that they're there, this group of Aes Sedai or whatever. So she's either A, a dark friend, B, their prisoner, or C, she believes them to be Aes Sedai, and she's, you know, trusting them. 
Yeah. And they're pretty sure she's not a dark friend, so they think it's either B or C. Yeah. And they're like, if we can get close enough to her, we could either free her if she's a prisoner, or we can maybe convince her to help us and not trust them as Black Aja. So we have to try to get close to her, but how? So they're talking throughout dinner, and they're trying to come up with a plan. Everyone's giving options, but nothing seems really great. And then the men all say that they're going to use their contacts to get more information, and they're all going to have their own ways of going back out that night and, you know, trying to get some headway on this issue and figure out how to get past the White Cloaks. So they all leave, I think, and then Tom keeps returning with, like, little bits of information each time he comes back, he has another bruise or a scar or a cut or he, he's limping. And Elaine is like, are you okay? And he's like, I've never felt better. <laughs> and she's like, he's too old to be doing this. Like, we got to figure something else out for him after this is done. The best lead they get over the whole time is that Amathera has been seeing lords and other men privately in the company of women who are described to look like Leandrin and her posse. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. So the, the men have plans to go find out more information. And Nynaeve is like, well, you guys are going to have to stay and guard us. So you're going to stay overnight. Jean is staying here with us. We'll make her a bed on the floor. And you guys are going to take turns guarding the door. And they don't really like the idea, but they don't really have much of a choice but to agree. Because yeah. Nynaeve is very headstrong. And then Nynaeve, after the men go outside the door... Nynaeve asks Elaine to bind Ajinin's hands behind her back. And Elaine is like, is that really necessary? I mean, she's kind of like, okay now. And Nynaeve is like, absolutely not. You're going to bind her. She's still Shan-Chan. And we know what they're capable of. And we Mm -hmm. have seen her fight. So you're going to do that. Otherwise, I'll do it with, like, you know, fabric and stuff. And so she agrees and she binds. They have Ajinin undress. Nynaeve searches her for weapons and all of that. And then Elaine, Jean kind of cooperates. She puts her hands in the position behind her back, and Elaine binds her. And um, it happens to be a night when Egwene is expecting them in Teleron Riyadh, and it's mm-hmm. Nynaeve's turn to visit. So she asks Elaine for the ring, and she obliges. And then Nynaeve lays down, ready to enter Teleron Riyadh, and asks to be awoken in an hour. And once asleep, Eugenian says to Elaine, mm, I, I think she hates me. <laughs> Elaine is like, well, you know, it's just kind of her way, and you, can, you have to understand. And she's like, but I'm impressed you're staying so calm throughout all of this. And Eugenian kind of says very calmly and emotionlessly, calm, I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and Elaine is like, wow, even in her like terror, she's very composed, which she still sort of admires about her. So yeah. she promises her that they will not harm her, and then as both of the women fall asleep, Elaine sits there, continuing to try to plot about what they could do to get into the Panarch's palace. And that yep. is the end of the chapter. Ooh. Well, what are your what were your what are your thoughts? What are your, what were your favorite parts of these chapters? I'm okay. So I'm still like. At first, I was like, okay, Isendra is is Lanfear, but maybe she's the other one. Maybe I still don't trust her because she's standing there outside. I mean, she was in Rand's dream, but she doesn't necessarily need to be physically there to be in Rand's dream. Mm-hmm. And she looks pissed um, about the fight. And I'm wondering if she is Lanfear and she's there, she's probably trying to protect Rand from other 
Forsaken, because that's sort of okay. been her deal so far. She has plans yeah. for Rand, and it's to like marry her and rule the underworld together or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. um, so I'm wondering if she is pissed because some other Forsaken has sent these like shadow spawn upon Rand. Yeah. Or if she's pissed because her own plan to get Rand to like follow her has failed and Matt mm. won't leave her alone. Um, so I'm wondering what her deal is, but she's still not to be trusted. And, okay. um, I, I really like the parts where Rand is saying, like, we have to make new customs. I know all your IL customs are to do this and to do that, but, you know, there's no changing. time. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as my chapter goes, I'm feeling better about a Jane in and then, and like her not being so much of a threat. Okay. But I'm worried about what's going to happen with with Nynaeve right now because they ended mm-hmm. the chapter with her ending t- entering Teleron Riyadh and I feel like that's a bad sign. Something bad's going to happen. Okay. And I just don't understand why they're so con- – back to your chapter. Why are they so concerned with these effing peddlers? Just let them go. Who cares <laughs> if they're coming or not? They're obviously the odd ones out here. They're obviously the ones who are sort of different than everybody else. They don't need to be here. We don't need to protect them. No. Yeah, and I'm just I'm cur- I'm glad we know where the I mean we knew the I, the Black Aja were going they're trying to get like what the Tarongriel from the Panarch's palace, right? They believe there are Tarongriel there. Right. I'm glad they're still there. But I'm not happy about the white cloaks protecting everything cuz I have no idea how they're going to get in. Mhm. And there's not much left in the book, so I don't think that's going to get resolved. Mm. I'm just I'm I'm reeling. I'm reeling. Well, have, did you see the sigil for the next chapter? No. I don't if I did, oh. I forgot. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Sure. It's the uh uh stone ring. Ooh, okay. So we're definitely going to be with Nynaeve. Mm. I hope it's a Nynaeve chapter and not someone else's maybe it's an Egwene chapter, I guess, cuz she's supposed to be meeting her there, but hmm. Oh boy. Hmm. And we didn't hear anything about Egwene last chapter besides no. her hair being down. So I'm wondering what's going on with her True. anyway. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what's next. And uh, as far as favorite parts, so much happened. Like last week, there wasn't like a ton of things happened, a lot of exposition, but like, and a lot of moving forward, but not like big events. Yeah. This week, so much happened. Yeah. I think my favorite part was the exposing of a Jinan when Damon walks in. Yeah. That whole interaction where they fight for a moment and then she's exposed because it was so satisfying. Yeah. Because I thought, oh my God, they've been had. They have this Sean Chan woman there. She's going to make both of them Damani. And who knows what's going to happen after that. And their whole plan is going to be uprooted. So it was very satisfying. And it's also very interesting to see what Ajinian's true intentions may be. Maybe she's not so... Maybe she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. <laughs> um, yeah. Plus, uh, that meal sounded pretty interesting. What about you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was actually going to say the same thing about I just like this scuffle moment mm-hmm. with Aegean and, and Damon. I like it because they know what's going on, but Elaine and Nynaeve are like, they're just mystified that two people that they know are just trying to kick each other's ass with no explanation. Um and then I like how when Tom comes in, because he's the the last one to be like, they're in the palace. This Both of these chapters had like people who are like, hey, FYI. And they're like, yeah, we already know. 
Um, But I like when... I just love Nynaeve because, you know, she is shocked by all the information as, like, Damon is telling her, and then Juilin tells them, and by the time Tom comes in, uh, you know, she's able to, like, turn it around and be like, close your mouth, like, stop gaping, like, this is old news, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. I just love how quickly she's able to kind of turn that turn that around, so. Oh, um, boy. Yeah. We haven't had a Nynaeve chapter in a long, long time. That's true, huh? Like, almost... The whole book. Like, I feel like since... I didn't even know she's had a chapter in the book, to be honest. It's such a long book. Yeah, I can't recall. Wow. By the way, did you know that our podcast is free? And we have new episodes every week. So you should subscribe. And it costs nothing to write a review. And it really helps us out. That's right. And the best way for other people to find our podcast is through word of mouth. So tell a friend. Post about us on Reddit. Tell the mail person, whoever you want to tell, and uh, find any way you can to spread the word. Hire a skywriter, maybe. Get a tattoo uh, of the infinity sign. <laughs> <laughs> Our social media is Cool Story Pod on Instagram and Cool Story Pod One on Twitter. You can email us at coolstorypod at gmail.com. We love getting emails, and we also have a Discord. So message us and get the link to our Discord. Yes, and we also also have a Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash n and matt. You get cool bonus episodes where we do things like review books and movies. We play games like Would You Rather. So check it out. Also, 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 <laughs> if you want, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash n and Thank you so much for listening to Cool Story. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.